With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here tonight, you know that this message was for you. <laughs> you could feel it inside. You know God is speaking to you. You know God is calling you. Just raise your hand high enough so I can see it. It's okay, my son. I'm here with you. I'm calling you. His hand gripped my shoulder. Not forcefully, but lovingly, with encouragement and assurance. And I raised my hand. I felt new life. I was restored, I was revitalized. That word revitalize means to inspire, to permeate with a feeling or a quality of new life, of vitality. Now I like to, when I look up words, I like to check the synonyms for them and some of the some of the synonyms for uh, revitalize are to reinvigorate, to re-energize, to boost, to regenerate, to revive, to rejuvenate, to resuscitate, a lot of R words here, to refresh and to breathe new life into. So, so what you just experienced there, that little, little intro there, that, that's what happened to me at my first midweek service. Believe that? At a midweek service. That's when I returned to our Lord. That, that was part of my salvation story. When God revived and resuscitated my spirit and breathed new life into me. Now, when, when the church hit me up yesterday and asked if I would speak to you tonight, as soon as I replied, sure thing. I mean, I didn't even put my phone down. God touched me and reminded me of what happened to me on a midweek service. How he touched me on a Wednesday night. Now, I hadn't been going to church for a long time. I mean, I was not walking the way I should, and my wife encouraged uh, us that we need to go to church. And, you know, we, we went on a Wednesday night of all nights. And the Lord touched me. It's, it's, it's part of why I love midweek services so much. I mean, it, it just reminds me every time I come to a midweek service. You know? God met me there. Wasn't expecting it. Might have been kind of trying just to make my wife a little happy. If I'm honest, you know, like, yeah, we need to go to church. Oh, what, tonight? Oh, man. But so, so a little while after I received that touch, from the Lord that night. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, when I was sitting, I was sitting in the third row pew, and there was like 10 people in service. And the pastor gave that altar call, and man, I tell you, I felt God grip my shoulder. I mean, to the point where I actually opened my eyes and looked, and there was nobody there. I mean, the closest person was like seven rows adjacent to me. And I could just feel him touching me. I could just feel his presence in me. Man. And... 
the, the preacher told me later on that as he was preparing you know, his message for that Wednesday night that the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to give an altar call. And he told me that he kind of looked, you know, looked kind of funny and thought for a second and replied to God, what, really? Do you know who comes to midweeks? There's, there's no newcomers. There's no unsaved individuals here. But man, he, he was obedient. And I think, I mean, I, I know he told me that as soon as I walked through the doors, he knew God was talking about me. You know, I walked into that, that church that Wednesday night and I received that transforming touch from God. So, so with that said, I, I want to just do a quick side note here. I'm going to touch on uh, this a little later, but as believers, as Christians, you know, Christians in Greek is little anointed ones, if you guys didn't know that. So just, just as uh, Christians, we need to listen to his small voice. You know, we need to know his voice. And when we hear him, Here's the key. We need to answer. We need to go. And we need to do whatever he tells us to do. That's, that's living by faith, right? That's being obedient to God. So, so check out Jeremiah here, chapter 1. You know, young adults hear this right here. So verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Now, we could talk about that right there all day long, what's going on right now, right? But let's continue. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Verse 6, then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Verse 9, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Let's reread that verse 9 there. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. You know, not only was this a divine touch from God, but, but young people, check this out here. So Jeremiah in this first chapter is believed to be a, a young person, a young adult. Uh, some scholars say he was around 20, all right? But, but other scholars say he could have been a teenager. He could have been 12, 13, 14, 15, up to 20. And then the reason of that is that uh, the young in Hebrew here is Nahar, which means a boy, a youth. And the Lord responds, which confirms it in verse 7. He says, don't say that you are too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Jeremiah was called and he was equipped by that divine touch. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, we come before you here tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you meet us here even on a Wednesday night. Lord, we thank you that we can come into your presence freely, Lord God, and we can feel your presence. Lord, and I just pray as, as this message goes forth tonight, Lord, that we would receive your divine touch here tonight. We would know that it's from you, Lord God, and that we would go and do whatever you tell us to, that we'd be obedient to your calling on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
So what's a divine touch? It's a heavenly touch. It's a touch of power. It's a transforming touch. It's a touch that produces change. Now, it's different from an ordinary touch of a friend or a spouse or a coworker. It's a touch of the Holy Spirit. It could be the laying of hands through a spoken word or a deed or an action. Acts 8.17 says, Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Further on in Acts 19, Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Both instances here, the Holy Spirit was working through the laying on of hands, the touch. So tonight I want to examine a, a few distinctive divine touches throughout Scripture that changed the course of a few men's lives. Now these guys, man, I'm going to be honest, these three men, they're some heavy hitters. These are like your all-stars, all right? So you know, don't be discouraged when I start talking about these men. You know, just, just so you know, I mean, we're all chosen. We're all a royal priesthood. So don't, so don't let the stories of these men disqualify you one bit because Jesus qualified each one of us in this room. Amen? So let's hit up Jacob here. I told you I was going big. So turn with me to Genesis 32. Now this is a pivotal moment in history here. So Genesis 32, we're going to read it, verse 22. So Jacob's coming back from a foreign country because he was, he was hiding out from a strained relationship with his brother Esau. Verse 22 says, And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and he crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them, he sent them over to the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Verse 26, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Come on, there's some perseverance there. Verse 27, so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is that that you ask about my name? And he blessed them there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. So if you guys remember, a few chapters back, Jacob took his brother's birthright. He got it for a bowl of soup. All right? Then, to top that off, he steals his blessing. You know, he dresses up like his brother and tricks his father into blessing him with Esau's favor. So, I mean, if, if you're Esau, I mean, if I was Esau, I'd be pretty upset. And not only did my brother just steal my birthright, tricking me when I was hungry, man, he took my blessing too. So Esau, he's, he's upset. He's, he's coming after Jacob, and Jacob's terrified. I mean, his brother was determined to take revenge, 
So we read that he met, he went out to meet Jacob with 400 men. Then however, while Jacob's waiting, he wrestles with the angel of God. And the Lord touches his hip and gives him a new name, Israel. This touch of God on Jacob settles the dispute, settles the problem with his brother. Rather than destroying Jacob, Esau welcomes him with open arms, forgiven. And I want to go back to verse 9. Check out this prayer here of Jacob. He says, O God of my father Abraham, a God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. Verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. Verse 12, for you said I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered. So what Jacob didn't know and what we often don't realize in situations like his is how God goes about helping us. We have in mind, you know, how God should somehow remove our problem or make our enemy go away. You know, we have our own way, our own ideas. But God, God doesn't always do it that way, right? God answered Jacob's prayer for protection from Esau by wrestling with him until he left him limping to his brother. You know, back at the beginning of this chapter, like I mentioned before, um, Jacob finds out that there's 400 men coming with his brother. And he finds this out because he sends a messenger or messengers to speak with his brother to kind of smooth things over. Gives him a laundry list of all the blessings he's going to pour out to his brother as a kind of I'm sorry, you know? All the livestock, all, all, all the treasures. And he, he makes sure that the men tell him that your servant, Jacob. He's really trying to schmooze him over here, you know? all of a sudden, Esau, open arms, welcoming him back, hugging his brother. No animosity, no anger, nothing, just love. When we submit to God, he blesses us. I'll tell you another story here. Um, has to do with that point. So back when I first started in ministry, and still, the Lord, the Lord gives me visions. He shows me things. And I used to use those visions, those ideas that God would birth in me to, to create events, for men particularly, um, and these retreats that men would go on. And one particular year, he gave me a vision of this bowl, this, this hand-hewn wood bowl, wood vessel. And that, that was what this whole event was centered around, this wood vessel. This was gonna be a vessel of cleansing, of forgiveness of sin. Men, men were gonna go into the wilderness and they would see this wooden bowl filled with water and find the love of Jesus. And, 
and surrender themselves and be cleansed and be restored and birth new life. And I don't know if you, you guys get this or, you know, this happens to you at all, but, you know, you're ever looking for something or you need something or you want something and you kind of feel in your spirit like, I should go there. They're going to have what I need. Or, you know, oh, I got to stop here after work. Well, that, that happened to me. So, so I'm searching for this bowl type of thing and one day I just had this feeling in my spirit like, I need to go to this consignment shop. So I grabbed my wife and my two little boys at the time and we go to this consignment shop and I'm sitting right there in the parking lot and I go, Lord, if, if this is true, you know, if you're, you're giving me this bowl then it needs to be at this place because I feel you're telling me it's at this place and it needs to be under $10. And now the, the reason I said it needs to be under $10 is to be honest with you, it was my last $10. Now, get a little emotional here. Praise you, Lord. So we're sitting in the car, and I pull out the $10 bill, and I'm just, Lord, you know, it's got to be under 10 bucks. This is our last $10, and I'm going to give it to you. You know, if, if, if it's from you, it's, I know you'll bless me. So sure enough, I go into this store, walking down the kitchen-type aisle, and three-quarters of the way down on the left-hand side, second shelf, is this beautiful, beautiful wood hand-hewn bowl, vessel. And I go pick that thing up, I turn it over, and it's got this little orange tag on it, $8. I mean, I'm talking, this thing would have went, you know, one of those nice stores, you probably would have been 70 bucks for this thing. But it's a consignment shop, 8 bucks. All right, Lord, I know it's from you. Go up, cash out my last 10 bucks, get $2 change. You know, pantry was still full. Kids were still fed. Man, we buying all kinds of diapers. Both boys were small, you know. Jeez. But f- fast forward to the event, and we had like 50-some guys there. And that bowl in the wilderness was every bit of the vision that God gave me. And Saturday morning, which is the culmination of this event, after I get done giving my message, like an hour Hour after that, two of the pastors that are at this event pull me aside. Hey, Nick, we need to talk to you. All right, what's up? What's going on? He said, well, a, a gentleman came up to us after you spoke and said that uh, when uh, he was getting ready, he was packing for the, the retreat for the weekend, the Lord told him to stop at the bank. Like, what? All right, where are you going with this, you know? He said, well, the, the gentleman said after you got done, God told me it was for you. And the pastor pulls out this money, and he just starts counting it. And it was like a never-ending wad of cash. thousand bucks God told me to give this to you amen when we submit to God he will bless us praise you God 
So let's check out another heavy hitter here. We're going to talk about Elijah. Told you we're going all-stars. So Elijah had demonstrated courage before Ahab in the king's palace and also on Mount Carmel. He witnessed God's supply by the brook in the home of the widow, in the years of famine and the fire that consumed the sacrifice, in the coming of the rain, and in the ability to outrun Ahab to Jezreel. However, when faced with the threat of Jezebel, 1 Kings 19, there was no immediate revival for the land. He thought he was the last prophet. There was no one left. He reads the letter from Jezebel. He's scared. He runs. He's fearful. He tries to hide out. Let's check out 1 Kings 19. Verse 5 here. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Verse 7, And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Psalm 55, 22, David writes, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. As I was preparing this message, I found something interesting uh, from where Elijah began a day's journey south of Beersheba. He was, he was no 40 days and 40 nights. The straight trip from that broom tree was a little more than seven, maybe eight days. So, so Elijah's just simply wandering around in the wilderness. You know, 32 more days. My guess is, you know, my, my thought is during that time, he's just contemplating everything going on, man. You know, second-guessing himself, doubting, fearing. 32 days alone. Man, a touch of God raised, raised Elijah up. It prepared him for his journey ahead. It sustained him for those 40 days, those 40 nights. Through his divine touch, the Lord recommissions Elijah. On that mountain, God reveals himself to Elijah. Now, he doesn't reveal himself through that 70s R&B band, but he re reveals himself through that still small voice. You know, if you didn't catch that, that was earth, wind, and fire. But you know, Sorry, kind of dating some things out here, but... God revitalized his spirit and his ministry just flourished after that. A touch of God will raise you up and prepare you for the journey ahead. Now the third all-star I want to hit on tonight is Daniel. Whew, he's, a, he's a man who receives a divine touch, doesn't he? Daniel chapter 10 is where we're going. Verse 2 says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Everybody say three full weeks. And right, now you remember that because you said it, right? Hold on to that. So verse 4, Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked. 
And behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision from the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled and hid themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned into frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For this vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and I spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me. I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. Verse 19, and he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak. For you have strengthened me. So there's a bunch of touch in that portion of scripture, isn't there? Verse 10, a hand touched Daniel and gave him understanding and helped him to stand. Verse 16, a hand touched his lips and then he spoke. Verse 18, a hand restored Daniel's strength. He said, a hand touched me as Daniel was laid out in weakness by this experience, this encounter with this angel. He was strengthened by the touch of the hand. A touch from God restores strength. Let me just touch on something else real quick here. Marty, you see how I did that? Let me touch on something else real quick here. Come on. Never mind. I'm trying to make some jokes here. I'm sorry. Let's look back at verse 12. I want, I want you to be encouraged by this. So in verse 12, it says, From the first day. Your words were heard. God responded to Daniel's prayer the very first moment he spoke it. As soon as he spoke it out into existence, God answered. Right? The very moment his request was made known. He says, I've been in great and serious prayer for three full weeks. Verse 2. It says, I have come because of your words. 
Now, we can't pass over that lightly. The angel of the Lord came because of the words he spoke in prayer. As soon as he spoke it out, God heard him and sent his answer. I mean, this book, the book of Daniel is filled with reminders of how prayer matters and how much we need to, we need to pray, folks. You know? The third one, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. So that's a demonic force. That's, that's a prince that's opposed to, to the angelic messenger for Daniel. He's the resistance to the answer of the prayer. Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's what they're talking about right there. Now, this passage is a great reminder for us to be patient. You know, we live in a world of now, everything in an instant. You know, order it on Prime, same day, next day, two days, right? Minute rice, instant potatoes. You know, you got, you got a question, Google it. Ask Siri. Now chat GPD, GPT, sorry. I don't like it anyways. We get an answer immediately. You don't know how to do some homework? Chat GPT. Man, we're going to be raising a bunch of stupid people. Come on. Jeez. And even, even you can't find where you're going. You need directions. It tells you, turn here. Turn now. Recalculating. Recalculating. It gets you where you need to go. You don't have to think anymore. You know, take out that phone. It does everything for you. It's not going to answer your prayers, though. It's not going to bless you. Right? Come on. But man, go back to this passage. For 21 days, Daniel fasted and he prayed before he got his answer. During those 21 days, that angel was fighting. He was battling for Daniel. You know, I mean, how many times have we prayed? Haven't gotten our answer. Maybe still don't have our answer. I mean, you don't know what's going on in the spiritual realm. Man, you could have a legion of angels fighting for your prayer. And you just got to stay strong. You got to hold on. You got to wait for that touch of God. Because it's coming. Amen, it's coming. I'm telling you, it is coming. It is going to come on his timing. It's not coming when we want it, how we want it. It's coming how he wants it. Because he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Amen. Come on, you guys got to wake up in here. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Come on, give him an amen. amen. Come on, all right. I mean, just look back at this verse. That spiritual realm. He was trying to block and delay the answer from arriving. The enemy is trying to stop us from receiving that divine touch that God has for each and every one of us. For that which we're praying for. And we got to gird up. We got to stay on our knees. We got to pray. We got to fast like Daniel. And we got to fight in Jesus' name. Amen? Heaven will prevail. And like I said, you're going to get your answer. 
You just need to wait. You just need to be faithful. Stand strong. Let's get back to Daniel. So he's weak, he's pale, he's unable to speak. Verse 16 and verse 18. It says, The one who looked like a man touched my lips and opened my mouth, and I began to speak. One having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. This was not God, but it was an angel of God. You know, God touched Daniel through an intermediary. His touch of God brought strength. It restored Daniel. Daniel received his strength through that touch. I want to hit you uh, with three classifications of a divine touch. We'll put them in three groups. The first one's a transforming touch. That, that changes the life of a sinner. My experience on a Wednesday night, third row pew. It sounds like a song, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's a transforming touch that, that brought this sinner into salvation through that touch of God. The second one's a triumphant touch, and that pulls you over, man. It, it makes you more than a conqueror. It gives you the spirit of a conqueror. Changes your life. Empowers you. Third one's the transcending touch. Now that goes beyond the natural. You know, this is, this is a supernatural touch we're talking about here. It's the touch that goes beyond our own power, our natural power, our own strength, our own skill, our own ability. It's the touch of the Holy Spirit. It's the touch only God can give us. hydrate here sorry so the divine touch for Jacob was reconciliation for Elijah it was a touch of restoration it was a touch of reassurance for Daniel it was a touch of strength preparation and encouragement now we're all looking for a touch right I mean that's why we're here on a Wednesday night right I didn't know it, but that's why I came on a Wednesday night, because I was looking for a touch from God. Because I needed him to intervene. I needed him to strengthen me, to restore me, to re revitalize me. Reconciliation where there's a conflict. Restoration where there's discouragement. Righteousness when we feel the burden of our sin. Reassurance when we feel incapable of what the Lord is calling us to do. Renewal if we're sick. Recovery if we're blind. Resurrection if anything is dead in our lives. The divine touch saves the sinner. It heals the sick. It delivers the oppressed. The divine touch sanctifies the believer. It empowers the people of God. And it recreates us to be conformed into the image of his son. Romans 8. 28 through 30 says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, 
he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Can I get an amen right there? Come on. So my prayer tonight is that if there's any, any area of you, in your life that you need a touch from God, that you need that divine touch, that the Almighty God will divinely touch you. And your situation, your, your issue, your problem, your struggle, it's never going to be the same. Now, you might have to wait 21 days like Daniel did. You might have to wait longer. You might get it instant like your, you know, your potatoes. You might get it the same day, next day, two days, like prime. Man, wouldn't that be cool? You know, I think Pastor Troy spoke about that before. Wouldn't it be cool if you asked for prayer? Man, you knew you could watch it. It was tracking. It came in two days. I bet, I bet you if you, you had an app for that, you know, if there was an app for that, man, you could be watching and watching in transit, in transit, in transit. I mean, that's what Daniel was doing if he had a smartphone. In transit, in transit, 21 days, man. It's still up there in the heavenly somewhere. Just wait. Be patient. Believe that the divine touch is coming. And it's going to come when he wants to give it to you. You know, I think with this story of Daniel especially, you know, Daniel probably could have got that answer sooner. You know, I mean... The angel could have called for backup. God could have sent angelic backup like Michael to help fight against the king of Persia, you know, day one. You know? But he didn't. He, 21 days. Maybe he was testing Daniel's faith in that time, you know? Maybe he was trying to see, you know, what Daniel was made of. You know, how long he could last because he was building him up. You know, he was equipping him, strengthening him. And maybe that's what he's doing for us. Maybe that's what he's doing for you. I mean... He's done that to me plenty of times. I wanted that answer. I wanted that. You know, it didn't come the way I thought it was going to come, but it came. I'm all the stronger because of it. So, I don't know what you're looking for, what touch of God you need. But I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and I pray that you feel that touch, you receive that touch here tonight. Maybe you're here today, you know, in your situation, it's a hopeless one. At least that's what you think. I got, I got good news for you. That divine touch of the Almighty God will reach you in the name of Jesus. God is never late. We live in the natural that is controlled by time, but God, man, God lives in the supernatural where time is by control. It doesn't matter how long you've been in that situation when that perfect time of God meets with your natural time. It results in that divine appointment in a touch. So whatever you're experiencing here today, whether it's physical, it's mental, it's spiritual. A touch from heaven will cleanse you today. A touch from heaven will heal you today in the name of Jesus. He is the great physician. If you're sick, he's going to heal you. As these men that we talked about met the Lord, sorrow came to an end. 
all the oppression in the heart came to an end. And it happened when God stretched out his hand and he touched them. I'm going to ask as your heads are bowed and your eyes closed, would you just reach your hand up and touch, try and touch God? You know, just as we saw in that painting from Michelangelo, just stick out your fingertip. Stretch out your hand towards God because he's stretching his hand back to you right now. I pray that you receive that touch of God today. That everything that is dead in you will come alive today in Jesus. Your ministry will come alive in Jesus' name here tonight. Whatever the issue, I pray that just as we read, that you would voice it, you would speak it out. Because as soon as you speak it out, God hears and he sends the answer. So as we pause here for a moment, just, just speak out to God what you need, what, what that touch from heaven looks like for you. Oh, man. God's sending the answer. He's dispatching the angels even as we speak. Just wait. Just as the angel spoke to Daniel, I want to speak to you these words tonight. Do not be afraid, for you are very precious to God. I speak peace. I tell you, be encouraged, be strong, be faithful, and receive that divine touch that God has for you. stand to our feet here tonight. And after this message, especially because of this message, I can't go out on a Wednesday night without giving an altar call. I mean, because if that, if that preacher didn't do it for me, who knows where I'd be right now. So if, if Christians, if you'd, if you'd pray with me and you know, if you're here in the room tonight, man, you don't even know why you came to a midweek service. Maybe you're watching online and you, uh, you just happen to tune in tonight. You don't know why. I'm going to tell you why. It's because God has a divine touch for you. Because God wanted to meet you where you are. So he can make you ch different. He can change you and make you who you're supposed to be. So if we close our eyes again, and Christians, if you just pray with me. If you're here tonight and you, you want that touch from God, if you don't, you don't know what you're seeking, you don't know what you're looking for, I'm telling you, he's the answer. He's all that you need. So if that's you here tonight or watching online, I just ask that you pray this with me. Dear God, Heavenly Father, I just ask you to touch me. Meet me where I'm at, Lord. I've been doing it my own way and I can't do it that way any longer. I can't wait any longer, Lord. Touch me here tonight. Revive me. Rejuvenate me here tonight. Breathe new life into me here tonight. Make me new, Lord God. And use me, Lord, to change the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, if you're here tonight and you prayed that prayer, I ask you to come and see me here. I'm going to ask a couple of the... Uh, altar ministers to come forward here at this time too because man if you need a touch from God we can lay hands on you 
you know? God can use these elders to touch and agree with you here tonight. You know, and if you said that prayer and you gave your heart to the Lord, let us know if you're watching online. If you're here tonight, like I said, come to one of these anointed ones and share it with them. I thank you all. I, I just pray that you, uh, you wait for your divine touch. You wait for God to answer, because he will. He will answer. Live right, love everybody, play hard. Thank you, guys.